Today's guest is Michael Overly. He is the organizer of Dogs and Men LLC. He will be sharing his insights and message so others may find another way to heal their lives. He is a dog fanatic, nature lover, energy healer, and author. As well as a life purpose coach, he identifies the link between man and man's best friend. Topics of discussion, how our animals are actually energy healers, how our animals help to heal our deepest wounds, our dogs as teachers of presence and peace, and how dogs teach us to love ourselves. Please give a warm welcome to Ever Blessed, Michael Overly. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. How are you, Michael? Outstanding. I just love to have men on my podcast because I've been getting the majority of them are women, which is super cool. But I love to not, I just don't want to forget that I want to have it across the board for all listeners. And I am so glad that you are here because we can mix it up a little bit. So yeah, uh, yeah I know, right? <laughs> you were talking on one of your podcasts about the different um, beautiful creatures uh, that we were going to discuss about our dogs throughout your life. And you said there was one that your one of your first dogs was Sage when you were four mm -hmm. or five years old. Um, Miles, well, I love that. He's an escape artist. I love that. <laughs> Winston, which um, made you feel safe. I love the different levels of um, like importance in times of your life. Uh, it was just beautiful. And like Darby said, is it the catalyst, you know, oh. the, the natural healer, like constantly talking about that, um, the personalities and, and just the demeanor of these of beautiful dogs just animals in general are just beautiful but dogs like you say like dogs coming into our lives at in points in time to redirect and guide us at the right moments since you were a young age you had this connection and it kind of brought me back to when I was a young child my first dog I still remember the dog, dog name was Domino because <laughs> well, at that time it was my favorite pizza so I actually named my dog after that <laughs> So that was back in the 80s. That's what a kid would do, right? I know. It's just nothing but, you know, all about food. It's just food driven all together. But yeah, I love when you were talking about the points in time, like Sage was kind of uh, touched my heart at a very moment that I was kind of reminiscing about my dog, Domino. <sighs> it was a stray. And I all I remember is um, how I started becoming more connected with animals and nature just by mimicking the behavior, how like, go, oh, I want to go outside. I want to do this. Or I just want to lay down and just calm down and just enjoy the, the earth underneath my body and just kind of be in tune with it at those moments that you need to just like, there's a moment to get up and do something. And there's a moment of balance, you know, to rest and just mm -hmm. meditate and just be in. And one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you, because I have a couple of questions that you probably already went through, but a book that is on your website, which is, you know, because I, I love your website. I know I'm all over the place, but I'm like, I'm so excited. Creating Men of Purpose. So what does that mean to you? So I felt really like lost and scared and sad for a really large portion of my life. And going through some of the things I did in the last several years is what, woke me up to what's going on and um, what my capabilities and 
my gifts are, right? What what I have to give to the world, how I can show up and, and be um, my own version of my own superhero. So what I am wanting to do is to help other men find their way to this same place. So for some, it might mean some kind of change in career or um, change in relationship or whatever it is. For some, there will be tiny little changes and they may actually find out how happy they are exactly where they are. But it's finding what their true life purpose is. It, it could be something absolutely fantastic. Um, it could be something they're already doing but don't know it. It could be a hobby that they're already doing. So it's finding that thing that they think they're missing. Mm, okay. And we, we all have our answers already inside of us somewhere. But we we don't remember that. We forget that we cover that. We put all these veils over ourselves and then society puts veils. And then, um, you know, there's an identity from our relationship with our mom and relationship with our dad and, you know, and preacher and teacher and, you know, all these things, all these expectations create all these, these different levels of veils. And um, what I help others to do is start lifting those veils and get to a place where you can see yourself and remember who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, and the onion, I love that where you said that once you remove the layer of that onion, you get to see more clearer. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've used that analogy as well, as well as the veil. And I noticed that when I was a young, young child, we can see so much. Our peripheral is not blinded and blurred by mm-hmm. the society telling us what we should be seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling or touching. Yeah. And our senses are dulled by the time and the next, ne- like you said, the onion, we, we actually are becoming veiled by our everyday growth and interaction with society and people around us and our, and mm-hmm. our loved ones and not so loved ones. And, you know, somebody by the walking by this, you know, down the street and, you know, just watching them, watching their behavior and, and you have this presumption of this is how I'm supposed to be or this is how I'm supposed to talk and uh, mm-hmm. it just becomes like where do I fit in and how does that even and if that's if that's not me how do I who am I so it's it's um I love that you bring dogs into the picture because I've always watched nature I've no I watched nature when it came to birds you can see when they're ready to to migrate you see when you can feel the temperature of the different seasons changing. You can feel the moisture in the air for identifying that it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, everything, everything around us, we are we have to be in tuned with it. And dogs, knowing that they have been with humans for tens of thousands of years, is the closest thing that we can get in tuned. And understand nature, but people don't literally take that moment and sit, breathe it in, make it, you know, have it absorbed into their into their spirituality. The mimic of nature is how we survive. Um, we become stronger. We we find out who we are, our our center. And a lot of people have lost that. And I love that you talked about that. And well, actually, I'm getting that from me, but I love what you have to. <laughs> I'm just getting all like philosophical here. Um, I love it. <laughs> but I just love that where you you have that in your 
teaching and your book. So let me dig into some of the questions just to get to know a little bit more about you and so the listeners sure. understand. So what kind of challenge do you love to dig into? I like to hear from other people that they can't do something. No, I don't like it. I love it. I love it because then we we have something we can really get into. Um, sometimes it can't turns out to be pretty simple. Sometimes it gets really juicy and super uncomfortable. But all these things, all these stories we've told ourselves and other people have told us of how we should be, how we should behave. I love that word should. Try not to use it in, in my own context anymore. Like I should do this or I should do that. And I tell other people, you stop, you stop shooting all over yourself. <laughs> um, and I can't take credit for that. I heard it somewhere else. But yeah, I love showing someone um, that they can do the most amazing thing or even the smallest, simple little thing that they thought they couldn't. Once a person says, I can't, they have acknowledged that they need help. Um, it, it might not be flat out direct, but it's something like, I need help. So I don't know how it's pretty much the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, you know, <laughs> that's exactly how it is. Um, and I, there was a time where I was afraid to even say that. I would see it as a, a weakness or inability to do something, um, be independent. It'll depend on the different stages of life. Like when I was a child, I was told to keep quiet. You know, the different types of traditional things that we were brought up, like seen but not heard um, yep. kind of concept. Or um, you've gone to the point where you've been verbally abused, um, which in my situation it was. So I kept quiet because I didn't want to get scolded for just the smallest thing. And so when I was not able to do something, I wouldn't vocalize it. I would, that in that situation, I would learn how to do it on my own, even though it was try, fail, try, fail. But um, that's just how, you know, that that we go through life. And it's just, uh, just kind of like a, not like a Russian roulette, but it's just, it's just, it just feels like there's no manual for whatever anyone's life is. There's no. no nothing written in stone. It is just a pick and choose, like blindfolded. But mm -hmm. um, so speaking of all this other stuff, and I love you see you notice how I use the questions, the prep questions, simile of uh, dig into mm -hmm. what's your pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask who is your current dogs what are the dogs names you... i have one dog and she literally just came into my life last weekend oh really yeah so darby died back in may oh no and oh yeah oh my god that was that was another amazing um experience for me because um mm -hmm. as i've mentioned that dog was he was the this huge catalyst for the growth that I've that I've gone through in the last several years mm -hmm. he was simply amazing simply amazing and it was it was time it was time for him to go so he left but that allowed me to have this other grieving process that I had um, similar to what I had with my brother about four and a half years ago um, it wasn't as deep as it was with my brother but it was this, it was this other opportunity for me to let go of more stuff that I have buried and stuffed and crammed and hidden and 
it gave me another little burst of of energy, I guess, to to move forward with what I'm trying to do in the world. So anyway, yeah, Darby was fantastic. Um, so the new dog, her name is Indigo, and got her from a local rescue up here near Fort Collins, where I live. And um, she's a black shepherd. Oh wow! And oh, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, oh. and she's a handful. She's super dog aggressive. So um, we've got some work to do. But in in the house, she's sweet as can be. She's cute and fun and playful and sweet and gentle. Um, get around some other dogs, and she wants to eat them. So we've got we've got some work to do. <laughs> Dogs have a way to let you know to speed up or slow down. Like this girl, oh my gosh, Scarlet Snow, bless her heart. She is nothing but a burst of energy. And she is a, um, I can't say she's an escape artist. I've noticed that she's she goes underneath the fence, but it's, a, it's like a way that she's telling me, we need to go. We need to run. I used to be a marathon runner. So mm. she's probably, she's, I don't, I haven't tested her out yet, but I would love for her to be, if she's my running buddy, then I think she's encouraging me <laughs> to start running again. Cause I just been eager to get back and doing that again. And I know I feel so bad because I'm just having this sedentary life style right now, but I think the other thing that you mentioned on another previous podcast, it's you were, I'm not sure which which one said they would stand in the outside and they kind of look and wait for you to come mm-hmm. out with them. That's how she is. She's like, are you coming? Are you sure you're coming? Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to go back in until you, where do you come up? So that's how she does with me. And I'm like, okay, I know. I feel like she is uh, telling me, get off your ass. <laughs> just get off your ass and stop being so but I just yeah I I get it I get it I get it so that was one of the questions I guess Uh, if you could ask your Indigo or Darby before he passed what would that be hmm I guess I want to be am I getting closer am I getting closer to who I am because I I think dogs I don't think dogs know they know they can see us in this whole other way um you know it's unconditional love that's part of it but they they don't judge they just are fully accepting and they see something that we don't see anymore so they see us i think at our core at our being and they're trying to help us get there all the time and the relationships between different people and their dogs are going to be different but I think at, as a whole, they're, they're just trying to help us remember who we are, that we're loved, that we're safe, that we're enough. Um, so I would ask, am I getting closer? Because there's times when I feel like I'm, I'm doing really well and, and you know my personal growth is, is going good and I'm helping folks and feeling good. And other times where I just feel like I don't know what the freak I'm doing and I, mm-hmm. and I still get, I get frustrated and um, feel like I've just taken three steps back. So um, I guess a little reassurance, which I was getting anyway, but I would still ask. Two would be, what is it you really need? I would ask my dog, what is it you really need? Right, right. Because I think we take advantage of the fact that they're simple creatures. They're so deeper than most people have any concept of. And they have spirits too. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm meeting that dog's needs 
Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the adventure that I'm now on with Indigo. She is a hoot. <laughs> yeah, she's outsmarted me three times in the last week already. So oh my gosh. this, oh yeah, yeah, she's bright. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is going to be, uh, yeah, she's going to challenge me. Um, and number three, how can I do better? Mm-hmm. How can I be a better person? Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I was on this question, but for some reason I was talking about the simile and all that. So what is <laughs> what is your what is considered a pet peeve of yours? When people make excuses for their behavior instead of just accepting responsibility for it. You know, and not everybody's ready to move forward with that. I mean, it, it takes takes some work to fully accept responsibility for who you are and what you are and the decisions that you've made to get where you're at. But when people continue to make excuses for your, their behavior and blame it on somebody else, they said this and did this, so that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, I, my little sheriff badge goes on and I, I feel like I'm marching up and <laughs> putting the cuffs on him. Yeah, I, I wish people could take just a wee bit more maybe one degree more responsibility yeah. for themselves and realize that, Hey, it's okay. I admitted that I did something that probably wasn't awesome and my friends still like me or, you know, my partner's still with me or yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of my like all time pet peeves because I've had that just not saying, you know what? I'm human. I made a mistake. Let's fix this that just really roast me the wrong way you know yeah just just admit you know we all make mistakes just the the point of actually acknowledging it is to step moving forward and saying let's remedy this you know let's, mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah but it's hard i mean so many people are not they're not there they're not ready to take that step they don't understand how beneficial it actually is mm-hmm you know, right. there's a there's a fear of being unloved if they if they admit to doing something wrong. Right, right. So, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh God, that's so fun. Maybe somebody playing in the snow with their dog, and they're both they're both doing like snow angels or something, <laughs> and just and just and it just says you're free. Exactly. Just like. Yeah, be you, you're free, something like that. That is so cute. I could just see it now. Yeah. yeah. His, his tongue hanging out to the side. Yeah. Jaws is like all, all of the gums are just hanging out, you know, flapping in the snow. Yeah, well, mine are the dogs. It could be both. But I was thinking about the dog. <laughs> you Both of you are just being free, so I just let it all hang out, right? There you go. <laughs> so Tell me about a time you screwed up royally and what you learned from it and how you fixed this, um, this thing after. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, interesting example. So I was married for 14 years mm-hmm. and at, at a certain point n- near the end of this time, I realized how bad I had screwed up that I had married a personality type, like someone in my family that I didn't understand, couldn't be around, didn't even like. So I was still trying to please this other person through this other relationship. Freaking weird, right? But I realized that I 
you know, I, I woke up and learned my lesson at one point. I went, oh my God, I am, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. So I left and that was so hard for me to do. But I knew that if I didn't take care of myself right here in this moment, that um, I might be stuck forever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did, I left and it was hard and it was painful. And over time, that pain transitioned into healing for me because I was continuing to take care of myself. Very, very true. It's like the, we are so used to being in a situation that it becomes comfortable for us whenever, when there's ever a time to shift into anything else different than that, that's the most uncomfortable feeling ever. Hmm. But you also know that it's not healthy to be in that same situation. So it's like you're between a rock and a hard place. Like, should I move on or should I stay? And at the point where if you wait too long, like for me personally, I started to lose who I, the, the understanding of who I was. I became molded to what the other person mm -hmm. expected. Yep. Um, they wanted me to be someone who they sure as hell did not marry in the first place because I said, hey, here's all my cards on the table. Here it is. Because I was like, I'm not playing this this game of, well, I didn't know what I was getting into scenario. Right. And I did all of that and it was still turned out the same way. <sighs> it's like, dude, but it was, I was so honest and forward, but he was the one I was holding back. That was an interesting um, experience for me. I had to learn to make a lot of mistakes and during the process, and I was royally screwing stuff up thinking, mm -hmm. if I'm being this way, it'll make him love me. If I do, yeah. if I say this, he'll love me more. You know, all these yeah. different things that I had to mold around him accepting who I am. That was, the, I would think that was the point where I was like, I am royally in the end. What's going to be left if he leaves? Who's going to be there if he walks yeah. out the door? And I, there was times I looked at past the mirror. I would look at the reflection. I didn't even know who that was looking back. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this was something I had to fix before it was too late. So I completely understand how it was very hard. Um, coming out of a relationship with three boys, you know, came in with two, left with three and single mother again. So it's like, this is the hardest thing I could think of, but I'm thinking for the, the future of my children, is this healthy for all of us? Are they no. learning to be a man from the types of behavior shown in, in their home? Is this a loving home? Is this how it's supposed to be? Are they being provided the proper to be in tune with their emotions and to understand who they are through the through the mirroring of their it's supposed to be a role model a male role model fact that and um but that wasn't the fact wow. i'm so much happier and i know my kids are like mom we love you because now we, we see who you really are and you are the person who has been loving and caring and considered and always been supportive i they never got to see that because i was always walking on eggshells and frazzled and stressed and depressed and all these other issues so yeah i completely get it you know that's just something that we have to learn and it's one of the things that you know no one ever can really say here here's a step-by-step -step procedure on how to get things done in life 
that's just how life is. And I'm glad that you, you were able to get out of that as well, because that's um, not that many people are able to even foresee or understand that something has to change, even though thinking of my boys, because I know that a lot of the, is a very empowering that you are identifying that men need to find or create their purpose. And I have three boys, like I mentioned, and I know it's always been from a mother's perspective that it is detrimental that my children are in tune with themselves and express themselves without the barriers of societal assumptions of what a boy or a man is supposed to be or act. What can you tell your young self? Some of the things that you have learned in your life that would be the best advice if you were able to have the chance to do so. Oh, this is good. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, oh my God. One of the biggest ones is don't let anyone invalidate your feelings. Oh, they're not their feelings. They're your feelings. And they're, you feel that for a reason. So yeah, don't let anyone tell you that your feelings are wrong. That's huge. Also, try and remember that everybody else out there, they've got something going on and they're, they're trying to do the best they can. They may not always be acting awesome, right? They're doing the best they can. There's a lot of people out there that are hurt that aren't taking care of themselves. So, and just try and be a little more loving and compassionate than you feel in the moment. Wow. So, and you have been coaching um, for men uh, on your website. That looks like it's a great step in taking, taking the leash, how you, as you say, what can men get from your website to find out more? It looks like you have different uh, programs in coaching. Could you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what that entails and um, yeah. where they're able to get more information about you? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the website is, is actually very simple. There's um, just a homepage and then um, there's something about a course and something about coaching. Okay. The course uh, people can just sign up for. And um, I do weekly calls in the, in the course with, with uh, whoever signs up. So that's kind of like a, a cool bonus. It's like extra coaching just inside the course. The course is definitely a slow progress over eight weeks to really change the way you're perceiving yourself. Um, short videos, exercises that you actually do with your dog because they're, they're already helping you. So um, if you want to do it, please already have an established relationship with the dog. It's actually very important. The coaching is a deeper dive um, into what's going on and what, what you really want to do. And it's, it's powerful and it can get a little gritty but it's so freaking rewarding. It's amazing. I'm toying with uh, doing some mini courses as well, and there will be some intensives coming up. But um, right now, I'm, I'm trying to keep it pretty simple. Uh, the book is out, and it's new, and that's a good introduction for folks if they want. So, um, yeah, yes. find it on Amazon, and it's going to be on Barnes and Noble and a bunch of others. So, um, we're, my publisher's working on all that. But it's called Let Your Dog Lead. Yes. And it's definitely from a guy's perspective so it, i wouldn't read it to your five-year-old but um <laughs> it's uh yeah it's kind of a no-nonsense this is these are some of my experiences mm -hmm. um and maybe some of these things can help 
Yeah, I was going to say congratulations because I was like, oh my gosh, you have it on Amazon. And yeah. I and um, Barnes and Nobles is kind of a Midwesterny uh, bookstore because I'm from I'm originally from Wisconsin, so they had Barnes and Nobles there all the. But I wanted to say congratulations on that because um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what brought you to this moment of your journey to write this book? And a little bit about it, just a kind of cliff notes on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I friend of mine, she's uh, she's an intuitive. She lives in Australia. We were chatting one day and she said, oh, by the way, you're writing three books. Oh, my goodness. And I said, oh, no, she said, you're writing a book. And I said, what? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, well, hold on. No, no, it's three. And, and I'm like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? She goes, don't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> so she planted this seed. And, and the next thing I knew... Um, this is a little over two years ago. I ended up at this writer's retreat thing, thing in uh, in York, Pennsylvania. Wow. I didn't know anybody there. And I was like nervous as hell. And I'm most people there are already established writers. And I'm like, no, something, something led me to go. So I bought a plane ticket and I went out there and I met the most freaking amazing people. Oh my God, I can't even tell you. I met, you know, a, a retired colonel from the military who's a internal medicine physician. I met a guy who's a chiropractor. He's also an energy healer. I met Qigong masters. I met um, shamans. I met all these freaking incredible people. Wow, wow. And I just... I, I basically started journaling at that point and I, I kept, oh, I'm never, I'm never going to get it done, never going to get it done, never going to get it done. And one day I was like, oh my God, my book's already written. So I've, I've got these three fat journals. I'd already written all this stuff and I'm like, I just got to pull it out of there. Mm-hmm. So my purpose for this was to show and, and be so vulnerable. And I share a lot of stuff in there that most guys wouldn't. Um, because there's so much power in that. And I wanted guys to know that you can still share the stuff and Hey, guess what? You're okay. And no one's really judging you, but yourself. And we can work on that too. Um, and there's such an exceptional life possible. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I wanted to write it. So it, it starts with, um, the opening of the book is that's like, that's my tearjerker. And it's a story of the night I found out that Darby was sick Mm. and he was like really sick. And then it, it goes into just these these things I noticed. There's some powerful stuff in there and some very vulnerable stuff in there. And it talks about being able to surrender before you can remember who you are. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's really brief synopsis of of the journey of me in the last several years. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Yes. So again, um, the website is it www.dogsandmen.com. Beautiful. Yeah. And then, yeah, super exciting. Wow. So um, I think that's pretty much it. Did you have anything that you'd like to say in closing for the listeners? Yeah. Go do something freaking fun. Go do something fun. Put your damn phone down and go for a hike or go walk on the beach and go stare at the birds and listen to the waves and close your eyes and smell the salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, go have fun. Go have fun. We forget to have fun. We get so caught up in paying the mortgage and getting a getting a fancier car and clothes and this, that, and the other, impressing everybody else. Do something to impress yourself. Go have fun. Yeah, well, then I guess I'll be leaving the Zoom call and I'll just leave you here. Okay, going. See you later. <laughs> Where, where'd you go? I'm so excited. I just want to start now. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you so much again, Michael, for this. It's been an honor. It's been it's been a wonderful journey with you. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion Podcast. If you yourself is a small business owner, entrepreneur, musician, or artist, or liked what you heard, please share and follow. I am on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, or contact me at www.jasminecastillovoice.com and stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.